one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your great son, the very great gift that you gave us when you sent him to us. What an amazing God you are. We worship you. We worship your son, and we thank you for your presence in this place. May your Holy Spirit have his way. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in Acts chapter 18. One day the disciples of Jesus were out in a boat, and they were uh, crossing over, and they got into a storm. And in the middle of the storm, they see Jesus walking on the water, and they get scared. I mean, good night. They think it's a they think it's a ghost. And so uh, Jesus says, "Fear not, it's it's I." And so uh, Peter, uh, being the impulsive one that he was, said, "Lord, if it's you, ask me to come to you on the water." And Jesus said, "Come." And so Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk and takes a few steps. And in faith, I mean, nobody else got out of the boat, but then. He gets his eyes on the storm, and he begins to sink, and he cries out to Jesus for help, and immediately Jesus reaches out and grabs him and pulls him up. Aren't you glad that we serve a Savior like that? And he is a God who is there to help us in times of difficulty and struggle. He's there when we are Uh, trusting Him and living for Him. He's also there sometimes when we're struggling, when we're sinking, and He's there to pick us up and lift us out. Uh, That's the kind of Savior that we serve. And I'm so grateful for that. And if you're uh, a child of God, the Scripture says this about us. Jesus said this to His disciples. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need our Savior. We need Him to sustain us in the good times. We need Him to pick us up in the bad times. And and we need Him. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you need Him to save your soul. He is the one who can help you with that. He's the only one that can help you with that. Uh, And He will forgive your sin and make you new. The scripture that we're going to be looking at today, Paul is, is traveling through. He comes to Corinth. And Paul has had kind of a hard time. I mean, every place he's gone to, uh, he's been persecuted. He's been run out quickly. And uh, it's an amazing thing to me that uh, some of these churches even continued on because he was only there for a week and a half to two weeks in some of these places. And yet, God used him in a mighty way. But Paul was human. And just like you and me, he went through some discouragement and some fear. And we know that because God encourages him in this chapter. We know that he was struggling. Can you imagine what it must be like to go from town to town and everywhere you go, they may receive you well at the beginning, but before long you're in the persecution, you're in the hot seat, you're you're going through difficulty. And, And so he comes to Corinth and God encourages him and says, look, Uh, I'm going to send you some people to help you. Uh, And then God gives him a word. He says, look, I am going to be with you. I am with you here. I have a lot of people in this city. 
Uh, and so you just trust me, you minister, and you do what I'm calling you to do. And so uh, Paul does that. He stays there for a year and a half ministering in Corinth. And uh, when the Jews finally, uh, that were opposing him, finally get riled up and, and try to get the authorities in on it, they go to this proconsul named Gallio, and they say, this man is teaching things that are not in accordance with what the Bible says. And, of course, it was a lie, but they, they said that to Gallio. And Paul was about to speak and defend himself, and Gallio says, I'm not listening to this matter. This is about your own religion. Uh, don't waste my time with this. And he threw him out. And so God ended up protecting Paul even through this cantankerous proconsul. Uh, and so Paul continued on, and he ministered there in Corinth. And eventually, he leaves and goes to Ephesus. And he takes uh, Aquila and Priscilla with him to Ephesus and leaves them there. Uh, and they continue to minister there. And he only stays a brief time in Ephesus. And he goes on uh, to Antioch, and then he begins his third missionary journey going back to Galatia and to Phrygia to strengthen the churches there. But all of that was made possible because God was with Paul and helped him in a time of difficulty and discouragement. Are you in a time of difficulty and discouragement in your life? God wants you to trust him to help you through that difficult time. And uh, he'll either deliver you out or he'll sustain you through it, but he will be with you. And so we need to trust him. Uh, look with me at Acts chapter 18. The title of my message is Trusting in God's Help. And look at verse 1. We're going to begin reading this scripture. After this, he left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jewish man named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them. And being of the same occupation, stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with preaching the message and solemnly testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. But when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook his robe and told them, Your blood is on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord along with his whole household, and many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. Then the Lord said to Paul in a night vision, don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. And he stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack against Paul and brought, them, brought him to the judge's bench. This man, he said, persuades people to worship God contrary to the law. As Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of a crime or of moral evil, it would be reasonable for me to put up with you, Jews. But because these are questions about words, names, and your own law, see to it yourselves. I don't want to be a judge of such things. So he drove them from the judge's bench. 
Then they all seized Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the judge's bench. But none of these things concerned Gallio. So Paul, having stayed on for many days, said goodbye to the brothers and sailed away to Syria. Priscilla and Aquila were with him. They, he shaved his head at Kincrea because he had taken a vow. And when they reached Ephesus, he left there, but he himself entered the synagogue and engaged in discussions with the Jews. And though they asked him to stay for a longer time, he declined, but he said goodbye and stated, I'll come back to you again if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus. On landing at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he set out traveling through one place after another in the Galatian territory and in Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. A Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, an eloquent man who was powerful in the use of the Scriptures, arrived at Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught the things about Jesus accurately, although he knew only John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and after Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him home and explained the way of God to him more accurately. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers wrote to the disciples, urging them to welcome him. After he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. Trusting in God's help. What kinds of help does God give us in life and in our service for him? Well, first of all, he gives us the help to accomplish Help to accomplish. If you look at verse 3, he's speaking of Aquila and Priscilla. He says, being of the same occupation, they stayed with him and worked, for they were tent makers. So, uh, God helped Paul at work. Paul was a tent maker, and he, he actually, in places he would go as a missionary, though he had the right to receive money, he didn't want to receive money when he first went to a place often. Because he wanted them to not think he was in it for the money. And, and these people were lost and he wanted to reach them and so forth. And so he would do his work of tent making uh, as a way to supplement his, his income and to help him uh, as a missionary. Uh, so God provided Aquila and Priscilla, a, a couple, a husband and wife couple, uh, who actually worked in the same profession. Have you ever had somebody at work that was a fellow Christian who was an encouragement to you? I can remember when I was in the military, uh, there was a few men there that were uh, good, godly Christian men. Uh, not actually in my shop, but uh, we would meet on the base there uh, once a week and we would pray together. And it was such an encouragement to me uh, in, the, in the work that I was doing. Uh, did you know God cares about what you do in the workplace? He does. And, and he will bring encouragement to you and help you accomplish the things that you need to accomplish at work. But he also helped in ministry. Look at verse 5. Uh, Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia. Now, Paul wasn't in this thing alone. Uh, he had help in the ministry of reaching people for Jesus Christ. And Silas was uh, both a prophet and, and somebody who had taught and worked in the church at Antioch. Uh, Timothy was somebody that he carried with him uh, from one of the churches that he had founded. Uh, and they were helping him in ministry. Aren't you glad that we don't have to minister 
alone. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God has given us a whole body of believers to help in the work of ministry. And he's given each of us gifts that we can use in service for him. And so there are things that you will be good at and gifted in that you can do that I'm not as good at and not as gifted in. And God will use us together to help accomplish the work that he's called us to. Uh, Somebody once said, where God guides, God provides. I believe that's true. And when God lays upon the heart of a church or a missionary or whatever a a work to do, he is going to provide the means to accomplish that work. And one of the things he provided Paul was some co-workers. I'm so glad for the encouragement that I've had over the years. I I think of uh, family members who know Christ. Isn't that an encouragement to have people in your family that know Christ? Uh, People uh, in your Sunday school class. Have you ever uh, shared a burden with your Sunday school class and had them uh, pray for you? Isn't that an encouragement to know that you're not in things alone? Uh, It's a wonderful thing to have other people to help share in the work of ministry. And so God provided these people to help Paul and to encourage Paul in the work that he's done. You remember where Jesus was speaking to the disciples and The disciples said, look, Jesus, we've left everything. We've left houses and lands and family and all these things to follow you. And Jesus says, anyone who has done this will receive a hundredfold in this life and the age to come, eternal life. Jesus is saying, look, when you choose to follow me and obey me and do what I call you to do, I will bring people into your life to be an encouragement to you, even when you've left those who are so precious to you to do the work. I will supply what you need to accomplish what I lay upon your heart. Now, God sometimes provides people for us. Other times, he provides his grace, his empowerment. How do you think Paul kept going from place to place to place to place uh, and one place they stoned him and left him for dead. How would you like that? Would that be an encouragement to you? Uh, you go and preach and they, they get together a committee and say, okay, we're going to put this guy to death in a painful way. And they get large stones and they begin to throw them at you and it crushes, crushes your body and, and they leave you for dead. That's what happened to him. How do you have the energy to continue on doing what God has called you to do When everything is against you, I'll tell you how. God gives us help in accomplishing what we need to accomplish. Jesus said these words, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus goes with us. He is the the partner in ministry. The Holy Spirit he's given us is a partner in ministry as we serve God. And no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, God is concerned about us and he is with us. Is that not an awesome thing? So God provides help to accomplish. So trust him to do that in your life. Ask him in prayer. Say, Lord, help me with this particular thing that I'm struggling with. I'm trying to get accomplished. Uh, Give me wisdom. Uh, Give me support and help. And give me others to serve with me. Uh, Whatever it is that you need. Take those things to God in prayer and trust Him to help you uh, to accomplish the things you need to accomplish. So first of all, we need to, we need to um, 
look at what God helps us with in helping to accomplish. Secondly, He helps us to continue. Not only does He help us to accomplish, He helps us to continue. Um, he gives us help to keep on keeping on. Look at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Paul in a night vision, Don't be afraid. Those are great words, aren't they? You know how often those words appear in Scripture? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Jesus walking on the water, right? Fear not. Jesus appearing to the disciples after he's raised. Fear not. And God understands sometimes that the circumstances of life can be scary. He says, don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. By the way, we're called to share the good news of the gospel with people. This is a word of encouragement to Paul, but it could be a word of encouragement to you and me. Don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. It's scary to share the gospel with other people. We don't know sometimes how they'll react or or, or what the response will be. But can I tell you something? God is with us. We can trust Him. He says, For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. So God spoke to him. He gave him help to continue on in the work that he's doing. Have you ever been tired? Have you ever been bone tired? You know what I'm talking about? Just the, the tired that, you, I mean, just, uh, Sherry and I, one time, we were watching this, this TV show, and they were, it was a comedy, and they were talking about sloth, and they showed these people laying all over these couches, and they're spread out, and they won't move or get up to turn off the light or to answer the door or answer the phone or whatever. They're just, you know, laying there. Have you ever felt that way? You're just so tired. That's what you want to do. You just want to lay there. You don't want to do anything. You have no energy left. You're at the end of yourself. Maybe it's not a physical tiredness. Maybe it's an emotional tiredness. Have you ever been there? Maybe you've gone through a difficult uh, struggle in relationships in your family. Maybe at work or uh, in some other crisis in your life. And it, it, you've gone through all of these things and you're just emotionally drained. And you feel like you have no energy to go on. And, and you're at the end of yourself. Maybe you have sensed that spiritually in your life. And you say, Lord, I've served you and here I'm, I'm trying to live for you. But I'm just at the end of myself. I remember that scripture in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, he says, We despaired even of life. But that was so that we could know that we serve a God who can raise the dead. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like that's what we have to do in the mornings, in the summertime to get my kids up. We have to raise the dead. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, But God is in the business of raising us up when we're at the end of ourselves. Aren't you glad? He gives us help to continue. Um, help to get, Have you ever had somebody that's difficult to love? He gives us help to continue in that. To love that person despite the difficulty of it. He is a God who supplies what we need. He gives us help to continue. So what should we do? Well, first of all, avail yourself of the things he's given you. Be in this book. 
Ask God to speak to you as you spend time in His Word. Uh, go to Him in prayer and ask Him to speak to your heart. Uh, I remember one time that I was, I was going through a, a difficult problem in, in the first church I ever pastored. And I don't even remember what the problem was now. It's been so long ago. But I remember I was, I was standing in the kitchen. Sherry had gone to bed. I was just there by myself. And I was just praying. I was telling God about the, the difficulty that I was going through and the struggle. And, and all of a sudden, it's just like God entered the room. And I could just sense his presence. And I knew everything was going to be okay. Uh, God has a way of giving us just what we need when we need it. Ask God to do that for you in your life. Say, Lord, give me what I need. Uh, Lord, I'm at the end of myself emotionally. Give me your strength. Uh, Let your Holy Spirit love through me. Let him be patient through me or whatever it is that you need. Ask him for that. Ask him to do that through you by the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, ask, ask him, as you say, uh, I'm physically weary. I was telling Philip this morning, I got here, I'm tired from vacation Bible school. I drank my cup of coffee this morning, and it just did not do the job. And so Arnie was gracious. He made me some coffee back there. But I told Philip, I said, you may have to get the paddles out. Uh, I'm just, that's where I'm at physically. And, uh, but did you know the Bible says that they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do you wait on God? You spend time in his presence and you let him encourage your heart. God is in the business of doing that for his people. He gives us help to continue. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what the context. Maybe Paul was in his prayer time. I think that's probably the case. Uh, it, was a, it was at night. It was a night vision, the Bible says. But God says these specific words, Don't be afraid. You keep on speaking and don't be silent, for I am with you. And no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you because I have many people in this city. God assured his heart. God gave him exactly what he needed. So that not only could he fulfill his ministry at Corinth, but he could go into Ephesus, Caesarea, Antioch, Galatia, Phrygia, and do the work that God had called him to do. God is in the business of helping us continue. If you're at the end of yourself, go to the Lord and say, Lord, here's, here's where I am. I'm at the end of myself. I need you to supernaturally give me your strength to continue. And he will do that. So God gives us help to accomplish. He gives us help to continue. And finally, he gives us help to strengthen. This is to strengthen others. Um, how can you, when you're at the end of yourself, minister to somebody else? Have you ever been there? I remember um, one time, oh, this is always a lovely thing, right? I, praise God it hasn't happened here. I, I don't know if I would knock on wood. But, uh, but one time at my last church, I had a guy chew me out right before the evening service. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, he chewed me good. And then, it was like five minutes before the service. And so, then I've got to come in, you know, and here we are singing songs. You know, and I'm mad. And, and, and it, I'm not where I need to be spiritually. And I've got to preach in just a few minutes. How am I going to deal with this? And so, um, 
I just had to come to the Lord and say, Lord, here's where I'm at. You know I don't have time for a long prayer time to get my heart right. Will you give me the grace to get past this and worship you and preach and do what I need to do tonight? And you know, God did. I got up and preached, and he gave me the grace to do it with a good attitude. Hey, God is able to give us what we need to minister to others. Sometimes we forget that. We think, well, you know, I don't have the strength to do that. I don't have the wisdom to do that. I don't. And we give all the reasons why God can't use us. But the fact is, God can give us the help that we need to minister to others. I remember Moses arguing with God. God says, Moses, I want you to go down and be my spokesperson to Pharaoh. Well, God, don't you know I have a speech impediment? God, how can I be your messenger? And and he begins to get into this dialogue with God about why he can't do what God has called him to do. And God said, who made man's mouth? Have you forgotten that? I'll give you what you need. You just go be obedient to me. And I'll give you the strength to minister to others. And sure enough, uh, God, God told him provisionally, I'll, I'll send Aaron with you to be your spokesperson for you. Uh, but ultimately, you see Moses beginning to be the spokesperson. And guess what? God was able to use him. I don't care who you are. We serve a God who has supernatural, awesome, mighty power. And he can use us in our weakness He can use us when we're at the end of ourselves to be a blessing and to strengthen others. So Paul continued to strengthen the Corinthians. He went to Ephesus for a brief time, verse 19. Then in verse 22, he went to Caesarea. And then finally went to Antioch. And in verse 23, he starts a new missionary journey. And verse 23 says, After spending some time there, he set out, traveling through one place after another, in the Galatian territory and in Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. He gave, God gave him help to strengthen others, himself. But guess what? God didn't stop there. Did you know Paul couldn't stay in Ephesus? God sent him there for a brief time. He ends up going back on his third journey. But God brought him Aquila and Priscilla at Corinth. Now, the Bible's silent. It doesn't tell us what all's happening, but I guarantee you they're talking about God. They're sitting there making tents all day. You know, some of you like to crochet. I can't do that to save my life. But you know what I've noticed? I, I watch a lady crochet, and they're just sitting there doing that thing with their hands. I don't know what exactly it is, and, and they're talking at the same time. You ever seen anybody do that? I think that's what they were doing. Is they made those tents, they were... They were just making those tents, and they were talking about spiritual things. And Paul was investing in them, and they were encouraging Paul, and it was a great situation. But then when Paul leaves Corinth, he takes Aquila and Priscilla with him, and he leaves them in Ephesus. Now, they're continuing the work of ministry as he goes somewhere else, and God is still using the work that Paul had done to bring strength to the church at Ephesus after his left, but the story doesn't stop there. Then comes Apollos. Apollos comes to Ephesus, and he is a powerful speaker. I mean, he is 
He's holding him spellbound, but he doesn't quite understand all that there is to know about Jesus. And so Aquila and Priscilla take him to their house, and they explain to him the way of Jesus more perfectly. And then the scripture says in verse 28, he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. The strengthening of the church of God is continuing even in Paul's absence. That is the awesome thing about God. God will use us, but he also works even in our absence. Um, Jesus told a story about a farmer who planted uh, the, the crop and how he would he would water it and so forth, and but then he'd go to sleep, and he said the crop's growing while he's asleep. Uh, this work's being done, and, and, and God has come alongside him, and he's helping these crops to grow, and he's providing what's needed. And, and God is working while he sleeps. Did you know that God works through prayer? You can pray, and on the other side of the world, people can be impacted, even though you're not there. God can empower you to strengthen others, even when you're not present. Have you ever thought about that? That's the work of God. I mean, we serve an awesome, mighty God. So, when you need help in your ministry to others, when you feel, by the way, you always need help, just just FYI. Sometimes we feel like we need help, and other times we may not feel like we need help. But we always need help. That's where we are. Jesus said, apart from me, you could do nothing. Uh, Go to God and ask Him to minister through you to strengthen others. By the way, did you know that's one of the reasons you ought to come to church? I hear people say, well, I can watch the preaching at home. Well, I can, I can pray out on the golf course. Well, right, well that, that may be so. But you don't get the benefit of fellowship at church. But even more than that, you're not using your spiritual gift. You're not ministering to others. Did you know you come to church not only to get... But you come to give. And that's a great privilege. When you come into that Sunday school class and you discuss and you ask questions and you, uh, you pray for others, what, what are you doing? You are ministering to the body of Christ. You're helping strengthen God's body. Is that not an amazing thought? You prepare that meal where there's a fellowship. And God's people can fellowship together. You're helping strengthen the body of Christ. You share that word of encouragement with that person who's discouraged. You're strengthening the body of Christ. You you do that act of mercy for somebody who's suffering. And you're strengthening the body of Christ. And guess what? God helps you do that. He's your companion in that. And so God helps us to strengthen others. I'm so glad. You know, sometimes when you, I remember I was a mechanic in the military, and, and it was very clear what I was doing, right? I mean, sometimes I didn't know what I was doing, but, but if I had enough information to know it, it was clear. You have a broken part, you take off the part, maybe you fix the part, maybe you buy another part, but you put it back on, it's fixed, right? Very clear, straightforward. People aren't like that. 
Sometimes you don't have a clue what God's doing in somebody else's life. That's why I take great encouragement in Scripture like this. God is my partner in my ministry. And he's your partner, too. He'll help you strengthen the body of Christ. Uh, it's amazing what God will do. Uh, who knows but what, what one of these kids will minister to in vacation Bible school may go up, grow up to be a preacher or a missionary, or may grow up to cook meals. Hey, that's a great Baptist thing, isn't it, for the body? Or whatever it is, you and I had a role in that, strengthening the body of Christ. God will help us in that work. Aren't you glad that we have a God who helps us? He helps us to accomplish, He helps us to continue, and He helps us to strengthen. Ultimately, the race is not to, to the swift or the battle of the strong. God is the one who provides the victory. God spoke to Zerubbabel and he said, Zerubbabel, do you see this mountain? He says, before you, this mountain will become a plain. For it's not by mine nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, thank you so much for the encouragement that you give us, that you're with us to help us. In the details of our lives, in our, in our work for you, uh, you give us the grace even to live the Christian life, and we're just so grateful for that. Help us to come to you and to, to pray to you when we need help, God. Help us to, to be in your word and in prayer and, and to worship you in, in, in song and, and to be, come to your house, Lord, so that you can do that work of healing.